Neo Before Blog presents Neo Before Pod. Internet, the current frontier. These are the voyages of the website Neil Before Blog. Its continuing mission to explore strange new shows, to seek out conversations about nerdy obsessions, to have discussions that many have had before. Captain's Log, Supplemental. Our mission to pay tribute to the Star Trek franchise on its 50th birthday is going well and drawing to a close. Our journey through the franchise brings us to Enterprise, the theatrical releases, characters and what we hope to see in the future. Officer Peter's soldiers on despite being in the middle of travelling which creates some interesting background noise and spirits among the crew remain high. Now on to Enterprise, the series that deals with the early days of humanity exploring space as Captain Archer and his crew blaze a trail for Kirk, Picard and all others who will come after them. kick off with my favourite episode, which is the season three episode, Damage, where Enterprise licks her wounds after his indie attack. And it's probably the first time in Star Trek you see a ship so banged up have it stick. And uh, it's the lowest point of the season in terms of how hopeless it is for everyone. And uh, Archer makes that really crushing moral decision where he um, decides to steal the warp coil from that, that helpless ship. So he leads an unprovoked attack to steal his thing because he needs it to go on. And again, like in The Pale Moonlight, it doesn't apologise for his decision and points out that Archer knows exactly how wrong it is. And the action sequence where they take the, the warp coil is, is really well choreographed. It's, you know, it's a great episode, lots of morality, the characters are good and it's really cool how you see Enterprise coming around, coming down around their ears. Just great. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's quite good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually enjoyed it as well. It was, it was refreshing to see a Star Trek, a Starfleet ship so dinged up and uh, in need of repair. Yeah. And then, and then the crush, like you see, the crushing uh, choice of um, stranding these people. Yeah. I mean, that's that was a tough call. Yeah. And did Archer make the right decision? It's still up for debate. Yep. You know, um, who knows? You don't know what happened to that ship after they may have been picked on by scavengers and killed. That's, or, this, this is true, or they may have just went on their way, merry way. We do not know. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a great one. Uh, Sandy, do you want to continue? Okay. Yeah, I kind of like Enterpri- uh, Enterprise. I really liked it because um, I'm just prefacing a little because it was the first series where um, everything was bigger and badder than them. I mean, original series. The Enterprise is the most powerful ship in the quadrant. Um, Next Generation, the Enterprise is the most powerful ship in the quadrant. DS9, it's a badass space station. Uh, and they have the Defiant. And they've got the Defiant. And then you've got Voyager, most most technologically advanced starship, for the most part, in the quadrant. Um, Enterprise is the first one where it's 
everything's bigger and better than them. Yeah. No, um, definitely. So, I, I like Enterprise so, too. So that's why I like it. And one of the one of the ones that I really like is Observer Effect. Okay. It's, um, season four. Yeah. Season four. So it's quite late on. It's where um, two aliens inhabit. Uh, is it? It's Reed. It's Reed and Mayweather. Yeah, and, they have uh, a go at everyone, but yeah, they're the they main. Ha- but they're, those are the main. T- those are the ones who who were introduced to as having been uh, taken over, and after returning from an innovation mission, uh, t- uh, Tucker and S- Sato uh, have a strange disease, and Flox does his best to try and get rid of it, but it's a silicon-based virus, and he's not got much of a chance. And these people are are, are observing, and as it turns out. They've been observing people for millennia. Uh, no, or was it 800 years, something like that? Um, it's a long time, yeah. A long time. Watching, watching people come across this disease, and they're saying, and they they have a strict no uh, interference policy, basically like uh, Starfleet's um, um, prime directive, and they eventually give them hints. And they, they change the ways they are. And apparently, from what I'm, I, I, I understand, these are Organians. Yes. Yep. Who we later... From... What? What? <laughs> oh, here we go. Spoiler alert. Wait, wait. Who, who, how do we know they're Organian? How did that happen? It tells you at some point, I'm sure. Tells, yeah. I'm fairly certain. It I mean, I'm reading, I'm reading the synopsis uh, to, re- to refresh my memory. And they're... Uh, Actual first contact. Uh, uh, these were actually Organians. Um, they never uh, told the crew that. No. Um, so the crew aren't aware of it. So Starfleet is still unaware of the Organians until obviously we see them in Errand of Mercy in the yeah. original series. And they, they erase everyone's memory of the event so they think the magic, the virus magically cures itself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, I just thought it was a really nice one where they, you, had, you had the non interference from. Uh, aspect from the other side, the other side of the the, the argument this time. Usually, yeah. Starfleet and uh, they're sitting pretty, and they could come to someone's aid, but they decide not to. Bond interference. This yeah. time, Starfleet's on the back uh, on the back show on that one. There's one thing that always annoyed me about that episode when they're doing surgery, uh, or when they're trying to revive Tucker and, and Hoshi, um, and they're wearing like. In, you know the the space suits. Yeah. I mean, do they not have any like surgical gear or radiation suits or anything that are you know that are designed to be worked on in sterile environments? Mm, good point. Good yeah. point. It always. I mean, it's a minor thing and it doesn't really detract much, but it but always bugs me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it, it, I just good. like it. I just like it because it's 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 completely it it's the, the crew are there along they're along for the ride this time. It, it's they're not making the decisions. It's these two aliens. Yeah, I like it. It's out yeah, of the box. Yeah. Hey, Nick, what's your pick for Enterprise? Uh, I'm going to say um, the Organic Club. That would be Borderland, Cold Station 12, and the Organics. Um okay. You know, it's just a well-crafted story. Um, lots of Brent Fineers and Sims ancestors. Um, we get to see. Ryan's, we get to learn more about and um, more about eugenics wars and the history of data, really, 
and um, the Orions, and we get to delve into some interest. And, you know, the crew goes on adventure, and we get to see things that we normally see. And it's just a cracking adventure. It is. It, again, was, it was my number two. Yeah. Again, it's well written and well acted, and it gets into the nitty gritty of the Star Trek universe in a way that, you know, we don't always get to do. I, I really enjoyed it. It's a really good three parter. Yeah, and it's when Enterprise started getting really good, and it started oh. getting on concept as well. Yeah, and and, uh, and the way the, the way they're always just one step ahead. You're like, oh, you, you're like always. Oh, they've got them now, and no, they've thought of that. Yeah. And the what, way was they the, what was the leader's name? Malik, I think his name was. He was he was very much a discount can. Oh yeah. They tried to copy Montalban's um, mannerisms, somewhat unsuccessfully. Yeah, I think he did a good job with what he did, and I mean, I think, I think part of the idea was he was a discount Khan. Yeah, I think that was part of the point of him. He wasn't perhaps as smart, or he was as smart and as flawed as Khan. Yes, he has the same frailties as Khan, despite his, you know, being superhuman. He had the same kind of egotistical problems and the same lack of humility and. Um, Compassion, and that was his downfall. Didn't yes. know where to stop. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I really liked those episodes. Brent Spiner, it's always good to see him and Brent playing, playing another soon. Yeah, um, and again, you see the early kind of start of data. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's it's... actually very true because he, right at the end, he he starts penning his idea for the positronic brain. Yeah. I don't know if anybody's ever heard the fan theory that uh, he goes and um, he goes and lives on the the Baku planet in the Briar Patch and uh, and, and, yeah. and becomes Nunian soon later on. Yeah, I have heard that theory. <laughs> Maybe it's yeah. it's, Maybe it's, it's possible. True. It's possible. I mean, if he's if he's going to be spending life in prison, he's not going to have time to, um, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, when we first meet Nunian soon, he looks to be about three hundred. Yeah, he's quite old. Yes. He's, yeah. he's, he's portrayed as a very, very old person. Yeah. Obviously, by the same person. Yeah. But hey, yeah, it was cool. I really like that one. Yep. Yeah. I no, I agree with that. Cold Station Twelve and uh, well, with basically the entire arc, that that was high on my list. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we really put the crew through the ringer as well, and put them in some difficult situations. You get to see Archer be the captain. Mm. Yes. In a way that he wasn't quite when the show started, but by the time you get here, he really is. He's being well written, and he's he's the character he should have been all along. Yeah, mm-hmm. and how how cool is that maneuver where they uh, use the grappler to break the Klingon ship's engines? That's yeah, that's pretty it, badass. It did some different things, you know. Enterprise yeah. was really starting to shake it up a little bit at that point. Yeah, and it's a shame they didn't get to go on for another season or two. Yeah, absolutely. It definitely, it definitely had the strength to do a five and maybe even a six. Yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so, Alec, what's your pick for Enterprise? So my pick for Enterprise is First Flight. The oh, episode yeah. of where we see the first Warp 4, right? First Warp 4 yeah. ship. Um, and we see A.G. Robinson, played by Keith Carradine, uh, yeah. as Archer's basically his competition. Uh, in the uh, Who's going to be the first captain uh, of the, you know, uh, to go out in space. Um, and I love I love that episode for a lot of reasons. One, Keith Carradine is brilliant in it. 
um, A.G. Robinson basically should have been the captain of the Enterprise because mm-hmm. we see all the things that is wrong with Archer that we actually have seen throughout the rest of the series. I mean, it is Archer is not a well-written character. He is boring. I, I, I Listen, uh, Scott Packler is a great actor, uh, a very good actor. Uh, he's not good as Archer. A, a lot of that is because I don't think Archer is well-written. And he's boring. And now we see why. And A.G. Robinson calls him on it. He, he says, yeah, you know, there's a lot more to being captain than doing well in the simulator. And, um, t- you know, tell me how much more fascinating the A.G. Robinson character was than, than Jonathan Archer. Um, they learned their lesson by season four with Archer. And hopefully season one and two Archer is pretty dull. Guy. Yeah, certainly yes. during season three he really starts to grow. Right, and and um, you know you also have we learn how Trip meets you know uh, Archer. That mm-hmm. that's cool. Um, so I like seeing early Trip, and also you see that I love that warp that that warp um, test bed uh, spacecraft. I think that's really cool, and the fact that it launches like the ship in when when's World Collide launches on a on a you know on, on a ski jump. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's freaking yeah. awesome. Love yeah. that. So I really loved everything about that 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 episode. It was really, uh, um, you know, uh, my favorite. I've I've one of the big wall panels. Um, I have the I have Archer's pad, you know, because I collect Star Trek props and mm. costumes. So um, I have some stuff for that. So yeah, so there you go. That's my uh, that's my favorite. And we finally get to see the six hundred two club that had been mentioned so many times, and meet Ruby. I think her name is Trips, estranged girlfriend. Yeah. Is it Ruby? Yeah. Ruby, Someone is that like that. Right? Um, whoever Trip was crushing on who worked in the, the 602 Club. That's who we meet her. Yeah, it's a good choice. Um, okay, we'll move on to the bad of Enterprise, which is apparently not an easy choice for Sandy, according to some early conversation. So you're up first. Oh, you swine. Uh-huh. Um, cool janitor. Oh, okay. It's yeah. just... I don't like the way um, Trip goes all half cocked and um, interferes. In bet- uh, it, it's just too interfering, and it's and what, what, what's this with um, the the captain disappearing off to in, into a sun? Uh, you know, surely you would send some lower class person in there that that you don't really need. And let it, I don't know. Case- Archer Archer really wanted to be there. I think um, I, I understand why he would want to be in there, seeing it for himself. I understand that, but uh, this is perfect. Uh, the captain always goes on the dumbass missions that you know. It's the cool assignments. <laughs> the po- that should be going. You, yeah, you've got a good point there, actually. But I just don't like. Uh, I mean, it, and Andreas, it was nice to see Andreas uh, Katsalas again because yeah. um, he's 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 been he was a steady um, a recurring character in Next Generation, so it was nice to see him getting picked up for uh, uh, Enterprise, uh, yeah. even if it was one just the one episode. Um, he's always he always just adds I don't know just a little something to the screen I don't know what it is mm. I mean he was, he, he was a far better he was far better in his scenes than uh, than Archer was in his scenes in this episode yeah uh, but I, I just don't like the fact um, this whole interference thing and the way he's getting away with it for so long until it really really sours relations yeah actually I don't mind that episode so much because at the end of it Trip isn't um, you know, Trip isn't forgiven for what he did and it's 
and it's seen as a bad thing and, yeah. it, and it is allowed to be a bad thing as well because Star Trek so often makes the lead character right you know they're self-righteous and they're ultimately right in what they do but art but trips really really screws it up in this episode and it results in the death of someone and that's in theory something he has to live with of course you know the archer and trips relationship is uh, repaired by the next episode and they move on with their lives but in i guess in a better season that would have really informed their interactions for the rest of it indeed I mean, it did, but it doesn't. It, it, that that is one of its. I mean, it is a, a, a bit of a saving grace that there is a little bit of there is a, a chewing. He gets a chewing out at the end. Yes. Uh, for his lack of professionalism and judgment. Um, um, but you don't see any consequences after that. It's yeah. like a slap on the wrist. Don't do it again. Uh, and the next one, it's like you're going to come uh, come to the mess for uh, cap- for dinner with the captain. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I can see why you wouldn't like that one. That's fair enough. Uh, Nick, what about you? What's your least favourite? My least favourite, I'm going to say Precious Cargo, <laughs> which, um, if you know the episode, Trip yep. gets stuck in an escape pod with spoiled princess from Alien. Oh. And it's just dreadful. It's... From the same race as uh, that, that woman who was promised to someone in that yeah, TNG yeah. episode. It's yeah. badly written. You're right, it is. Creation. It's yeah. badly written. The acting's not great because they, they cast some model in the role. I guess they're trying to do it for publicity. She was, she just wasn't, she wasn't much of an actor, and um, it's just painful to watch. I mean, it's this <laughs> usual predictable. Oh, these two characters that hate each other end up loving each other, and blah blah blah. Yeah, it's beautiful. and it's painful to watch. It's actually embarrassing to watch. <laughs> It's a fairly yeah, it's a fairly dire one. I would it's say. Dreadful. To be fair, I had trouble picking a least favorite episode of Enterprise. It's actually looking through it. There's a lot more good there than bad. Yeah. Despite what some people may think. I'm surprised that not, a particular one was chosen. But, uh, um, so I'm not naming any names, just in general, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, Alec, what would you say is your least favorite Enterprise episode? Well, I, listen, Nick just stole my thunder. It was Precious Cargo. I was just, ah. it was awful. It was just like predictable and it was, oh, wow, we're going to do a Taming of the Shrew episode. Oh, <laughs> that's original. And that's what I meant to say. Yeah, it, it's beautiful. It's just, it is, yeah, bad, 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 bad. If you're um, going to steal some so, Shakespeare, don't fuck <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. You know, and here's the other thing, though. Though I will say, as we go through the series, you know, I think it is harder and harder to find dreadful, truly dreadful episodes because yeah. overall, Star- as, as well, although as Star Trek became repetitive, and as Rob Burnett always says, a copy of a copy of a copy, mm-hmm. um, as they ran out of ideas and ran out of imagination and just ran the franchise into the ground, um, it, 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 the, the extremes became, well, at least the bottom, the bar was raised. Like, you you didn't have truly dreadful episodes like you had in the first two seasons of Next Generation as as the, the bar came from So they're bad, but they're not that. They're not bad 80s sci-fi bad, right? Because all of, you know, now we're producing Star Trek in the early aughts. So, it, you know, it was, things got better. Movie, uh, TV produce, produce, producing got better. Special effects got better. The writing got better. The writers were used to it. They knew what the worst episodes were from Next Generation or Deep Space, and they didn't make those mistakes again. So I think that as you move through Star Trek, 
the episodes don't get the bad episodes aren't as bad, but overall the episodes are more bland and repetitive and not as, as spectacular. Yeah, hmm. I think my take. No, I think that, I, I I'd agree with that. Yeah. Yep. My personal least favorite of Enterprise is A Night in Sickbay from season two, uh, where Archer worries about his dog and throws diplomacy out the window while he does it. It just it has no sense of pace. Archer acts like a stroppy child throughout. Like goes off on one at flocks for trying to um, trying to help him, basically. Um, it's a also, that, yeah. There's that famous, yeah. And there's that infamous scene where um, it, where he asked to Paul if she apologized for whatever it was they did, and she said um, she extended them her uh, his sincerest apologies. And he says, "Where'd you get off on extending them my sincerest apologies?" So. You know, just told me to sort of thing. I mean, like it's, it's, it's a prime example of what Alex was saying about the way Archer was written in these first couple of seasons. It just—he wasn't well written. Yes, and that's a great example. Yeah, it's the best example of a the worst of Archer. Um, I just hate it, and uh, it gives you weird updates on what time it happens to be uh, for no reason. And there's this whole sexual frustration thing that Archer has with Paul that never happens appears again. Well, we all share that sexual frustration. No, no. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's bad. And can I just say, I'm baffled that no one said these are the voyages. Oh, true, huh? I, that, that's, that's, yeah. One, it's too easy. And B, yeah. I like what they tried to do in these are the voyages, even if they didn't do it very well. Same here. Uh, I liked, I liked, I liked the, um, uh, the, the, these are the Voyagers bit at the end. Yeah, the last scene is great, but that's it. There's two things I think they should have done with these are the Voyagers. Two ways they should have, could have done it. A, it should have been based around Riker's decision to take command of the Titan prior to Nemesis. Do I take command or not? Riker or him, um, or him inducting like the 200th world into the Federation or something like or that. that. Or the other thing it could have been is maybe they should have made it this unseen episode. You know, this unseen yeah. moment from, you know, uh, some mission that they're on that ties into what's happening to this, you know? And they could they could have set it during the movies rather than the series, so yeah. they're a bit older. But they could have tied it that way. I realise they wanted to tie it into TNG. They could still have done it kind of late TNG, I guess. Or they could have set it. it I don't know. All Squeezing freaks into the old uniform, that's a bit of a reach. Speaking of which, I liked I liked how they gave the TNG a Mandarin uh, collar um, one last hurrah. Because yeah. I like that I like that costume. We could have fitted it in between the end of TNG and Generations. Yeah. You know, we could have seen an unseen mission or a, a taste of an unseen mission. You know. Yeah. Um, then a, then a they, lot of people then a lot of people would mourn about hey we, we that, that never happened. It's not. It's, well, look, 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 look. But no, it was an it was an like a new episode of TNG. You know, yeah. that would have been kind of neat. I don't think people would have complained about that nearly as much as they complained about what they got. And I. Think, I would yeah. have just liked to see the last episode of Enterprise, personally. Well, we did. We got, you know, two episodes beforehand. Yeah, Terra Prime. That's the real finale. Yeah. But then that Agreed. Was, you know, Terra Prime was the finale of Enterprise, and These Are the Voyages was the finale of Star Trek. You mm. know? And, and if you look at it that way, actually, cool. That's interesting. But the uh, yeah, that's really interesting. They I like that. do it very well. And I think the other problem, they took an episode that was a great episode and fucking... <laughs> 
up. <laughs> you know, I was like, no, do not mess with this episode. Also, you make Riker look like a completely incompetent numbskull. Oh, um, I think I'll go and play in the holodeck because I can't decide whether I should tell Picard about this. It's like, why would he go to the holodeck for that? It also, it seems like they hadn't watched the holodeck, for goodness sake. Troy would say, Will, don't be a dipshit. Go and talk to Picard. Troy would go go to the holodeck and see what Captain Archer did. No, she wouldn't. (laughs) It's just bad, bad... Great idea, terribly terrible decision in how they executed it. Yeah, there's also the the nonsense of um, it doesn't fit in with the Pegasus at all. It seems like the writers yeah, hadn't watched it, it really at all. Does. You know, and, um, because in that episode, Riker makes the decision to fill oh, yeah. the card in split second when there's no other way out. And that's the so, thing as well yeah. because they they actually detract from Riker in that episode. If you take these are the voyages at face value. It detracts from Riker. It makes Riker look like a complete idiot. Yes. Whereas he's clearly torn between these two characters and struggling, but he finds time to go to the holodeck and watch yeah. Archer mess about. Really? No. And the link is and the no. link is very tenuous. As very, well. very tenuous, yeah. yeah. Whereas they could have easily crafted a story that would come together with the Enterprise crew. They could have easily done something like that, but they didn't. Mm. I, you know what? I don't have a bone to pick about it. I know what they were trying to do. I applaud the effort. It's just the execution's just not there. <laughs> well, I don't uh, agree with a lot of people who um, obviously don't like Enterprise. Uh, I say uh, say that that episode obviously means that all of Enterprise was just a, a holodeck. Yeah, that's just nonsense. That's yeah. a lot of nonsense. It was just well, that in, episode. And these are the voyages. You don't see any external shots of Enterprise because they're in the holodeck. Nope, yeah. you don't. Which is why so, I say it's not the last episode of Enterprise, it's the last episode of Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah. It's the first positive argument I've heard for it, so I'm glad that was here. Uh, I just don't like it at all. I, when I rewatch Enterprise, yeah, I don't I bother with it. That. I, I, I don't like the execution of it, I do like the idea. Yeah, it was a grand idea. Yeah. I think it was the wrong story, though. Hmm. So that's that's cool. So we made it all the way through the TV series. Star Trek has had 13 theatrical releases ever since the motion picture right up to the current Star Trek Beyond. And everyone has their favourites and least favourites. So I don't know if Alec wants to kick us off with his favourite Star Trek movie. Oh, God. I mean, it's cheap to say Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, but let's face it, it is the best Star Trek movie. Uh, I'm not even sure. I I know there's, there's... Certainly out here amongst my friends and, and colleagues in Hollywood, there's a very small group of very dedicated sci-fi fans that think it's Star Trek the motion picture. And, and because it's, it's the closest Star Trek movie to a Star Trek episode. And while I get that, let's face it, no one likes Star Trek the motion picture when it came out. And, uh, you know, unless you're just a, a hardcore uh, Star Trek nut who just, you know... Uh, 
it's hard to say that that movie is the best Star Trek movie. What is great about that movie? Is the acting great? Nope. Is the story great? Nope. We've seen it before. It's called The Changeling. Oh, it's, it, you know, it's, it's it, it, what what is, what about that movie was, you know, other than oh, Star Trek's back. Yeah, Star Trek was back. That was cool. That doesn't mean it was a great movie. So, I, I, I was always uh, amazed when people would say, you know, a couple of my friends, I think Rob Burnett is among them, Rob Burnett is among them, but um, whereas if you take a poll of Star Trek fans, I think, you know, 90-something percent are going to tell you it's Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, and I think mm. it's it's hard to argue with that. It had everything you wanted in, in, in a Star Trek movie. Now, I think it's not only the best Star Trek movie, I think it's one of the top ten science fiction movies of all time. Yeah, I could definitely agree with that. Um, I'll go next my actual favourite is not The Wrath of Khan although I do rate it very highly I love The Undiscovered Country I think it's it's a great character piece it's a great farewell to the original series crew it has everyone everyone gets something to do everyone plays to their strengths there's a bit of uncertainty about it everyone's everyone's a little bit racist which I like because they've been in this cold war for so long that the um they don't see the Klingons as, as someone that they can ever get along with, and it's going to be very difficult for them. It has great action. Uh, Christopher Plummer is a great villain with General Chang. It's just the mystery works really well, although I have misgivings about the, the execution of it. But it all hangs together so well for me. I love them. I love the Undiscovered Country. Good points. Like it. Yep. Yeah, I like it. Love it. It's a great movie. Yeah, very good movie. It's good. I mean, there 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 are things. Uh, there are things that I don't like about that movie. I mean, I hate the whole Roropenthe prison planet stuff. I I just don't like all of any of that stuff. But um, sorry, Nick. I hate the comic relief in it. Yeah, I, I, it's not it's right. Like Uhura has to haul out a load of books for this not, comic. Not good. Yeah, like, not good. Why Uhura not? can't speak Klingon. Yeah, that's a bit weird. Oh, Chekhov has to have. Valerius explained to him how the security systems and shit work. Check has been security officer in the ship twenty years. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. he's not moron. Yeah. Although she explains to the audience who happened to be Chekhov. She does, yeah. but surely yeah. it should have been Chekhov explaining to the audience. Yeah. Yeah, I mean there there are little niggles in there, and especially when Spock talks about you can't throw the gravity boots out of out the window for all to see. It's like well you're in space. Yeah, you can. No one's going to see them. <laughs> No, not really. Oh, it's a good film. It's entertaining, and the, the you know the cast are on the game, but it's it's not one of my favourites. I do enjoy it. Yeah. Okay. Well, Nick, what's your favourite? Okay, I oh, we've already mentioned. <laughs> I go back That's... and forth quite a lot actually on this, but for now, I'm going to say First Contact. Oh, you swine! <laughs> uh, that's a good call. Yeah. yeah. You no, know, no. It was my. It was good. That was going to be my pick. You know, I. Uh-huh. There's things I like about all the movies, even Final Frontier, even though it's awful. Um, and you know, there's people that like Final Frontier, which is cool. I, I like the motion picture a lot, for all its flaws. Um, <laughs> but First Contact was the good TNG movie. <laughs> um, it feels like a film, which is more than you can say for like some of the others. Having it's said, all. It, it's also like, yeah, go ahead. I like all the TNG movies. That's probably my, that is my favorite, though. I, I like Insurrection a lot, and actually, I think there are things about Nemesis that are good. 
even though the, the overall execution could have been better. I think Nemesis, there's a good story in there. I would love to see somebody somebody go back and cut a better cut of it. It's got I agree good, with you, Nick. Yeah. It has a good cut for a generic action sci-fi movie. Yeah, it's I agree. Get, ri- get, rid of, get rid of all the B4 stuff. Yeah, well. Yeah. All of it. So yeah. I've got to go. Made no sense. I would like to go back and see them cut it with a lot more of the character stuff and make it more of a TNG movie. But I, I don't think that's a horror. I don't think it's a horrible movie. I think it deserves to. Do, no, I don't think it deserves to do gangbusters, but I think it deserves to do better than it did. Uh, and it's a shame the TNG cast went out on that movie. It wasn't yeah. the best, but I don't think it's terrible. But yeah, definitely first contact. It's it looks great as Sandy said. It feels like a movie. You know, the Borg are back and they actually feel like a threat again. And while I wasn't too sold on the idea of including the Borg Queen, you know, she does actually add something to it. And it gives Picard some play. And Patrick Stewart, as usual, is awesome. And the denouement is very beautifully played out. Everybody, you know, the TNG movies did kind of turn into the Picard and Data show. But first part, everybody gets a piece of the pie and has something important to do. Okay, talk, maybe talk, not talk, Beverly. Talking talk about the um, Borg Queen, talk, talk, best entrance ever. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Frakes, did, Frakes you know, I think pretty probably says, you know, he just steals from the best, but I mean, he did some great work on that movie, and, you know, it looks great. Even yes. when went back and did reshoots to, like, ramp up the tension and stuff, it, all stuff added to it. And it's just a good sci-fi movie, but also a good Star Trek movie. And I liked what they did with Cochrane. Yeah, and it gives us who was clearly, um, they were clearly he was clearly a bit of analogy of an analogy for Gene Roddenberry in there. Yeah, and we get a we get a holiday that we can all celebrate out of it, April fifth. You know, you can actually see you know Cochrane's quote about I wasn't I wasn't a visionary. I just wanted to like make money and buy an (laughs) island with naked women. You you could see Gene Roddenberry saying something. Maybe not in the eighties, but you know, it, you know, it, it, it was nice, and I liked it, and I thought it created a nice story and it enhanced the whole Trek milieu. I, I really like that movie. That's a good movie. I also liked the sequel in Enterprise. I think I thought that episode was all right, and it led to a very good sequel. Yeah. In yeah. Although yeah. you had that, you had that really ham-fisted scene where Archer said, "I just remembered about this speech Cochrane gave where he talked uh, about yeah. cybernetic alien things from the oh, future." No, I, I think <laughs> that was actually again, um, you know, Voyager kind of did the Borg to death, but yeah. this was the first time in quite a few years that we'd seen the Borg, and they were actually a threat again. Yeah, you know, it's nice. Apart from the whole, again, ham-fisted. Um, oh, maybe we've left this off for a problem for the twenty-fourth century. <laughs> Did you really need to say that? Did you really yeah. need to say that? You didn't need to say that. Just leave it unsaid. Yeah. Or just say, well, I guess we've handed this off to an, some somebody else's problem. Blah blah. Or it, it, that was just a little bit too ham-fisted there. But other than that, I think it's a great episode as well. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah, it's fine. So, Sandy, we've stolen all your choices, but. Uh, <laughs> Give us what well, you've got. I must admit, my go-to film, if I want to watch a bit of Trek, The Voyage Home. Yes. It is a good I just, movie. I just love it. It's just got so much going for it. It's humour. Um, it's it's a what-if as well. And you're like, it, it was a nice little poke in the side. A very, actually, more of a slap in the face uh, to all the whalers uh, of the time. 
Uh, and I would like to say it maybe even provoked some sort of um, change because it wasn't too long after that that whaling started to become unfashionable. Um, it's a good movie. I, I like it, it a lot. A, I, I like it. I mean, Nimoy at his best mm-hmm. uh, so cool. for, 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 for directing and for acting. Yes. Um, the hospital chase scene, the music, it's iconic. I love it. Um, it it's, everybody, everybody remember where we parked. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah, when they park in the middle of Golden Gate Park and no one yeah. notices them. And, and, and then, well, the, the, you know, the, the, the two trash trash, uh, trash men, is like, you saw nothing. No, 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 yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. But, and off they, but no, off one, they go. no one runs into them over the course of the film at all. It's just, Indeed, exactly. Yeah, they're in the I middle mean, that, of one of the busiest parks in the world and no yeah. one runs into them. <laughs> it's just a brilliant episode. Uh, episode film. It's, yeah. uh, it's got everything going for it. You, yeah, you can't fault it, really. I mean, yeah, it, it, it gave a generation of Star Trek fans uh, reason to change their definition of swearing to colourful metaphor. <laughs> we, we, when and, we were in San Francisco a few weeks ago, we ended up touring quite a lot of the filming locations for that. I saw, yeah. the, I saw, the I saw your photos, yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'm dead jealous. Maybe, was, could, maybe I could take one of your photos of the um, what was the Station Institute for the show notes. Mm-hmm, sure. Yeah. Sure thing. Um, yeah, it's it's really funny, and who hasn't been on a bus and wanted to nerve pinch some idiot playing music loudly? Absolutely. Yep, <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. Especially when they're wear when they've got the headphones on, but you can hear their music clear across the other side of the bus. Yes. Yeah. You just want to slap. You want to slap them in the face for one for tell them you're damaging your ear, your hearing, and you're just going to be a burden on society at some point because no doubt. You're going to start claiming from, uh, you know, f- f- from our tax to get hearing aids and stuff like that. Just turn it down, and also it's crap music. <laughs> yeah, so great choice, which takes us on to the least favorite movies. And um, since uh, this the motionless picture has already been mentioned, I will pick something else. And I'm not going to go for the obvious, but well, maybe it is obvious. But for me, it would be Into Darkness. I just don't like it. As I mentioned in the podcast that we did a while back, um, I think it's—I think it borrows too heavily from Wrath of Khan. I don't think it goes anywhere interesting, and any any anything it had going for it kind of gets eroded in the second half. It's Michael Bay in space. Yeah, it's just—I just don't like it. One thing and else, it doesn't. That's it. It really only borrows one scene from Rathacon, and it does it very badly, I have to a say. A pivotal scene. Uh, <laughs> I saw the switch uh, up. It's I more saw... a remake of Space Seed than Wrath of Khan. Actually, yeah. you know, that's a good point. That's a good point. But I have to say, it, I, as a generic action sci-fi movie, it's pretty entertaining. As a Star Trek movie, <laughs> not so sure about it. I yeah. love the first ten minutes where they're on the beer. Awesome. Yeah. The first ten minutes is awesome. Yeah. After that, it kind of goes downhill progressively. I enjoyed it a lot as an action movie. I didn't enjoy it so much as a Star Trek movie. Yeah. I'm glad they they brought it back. Brought it back for Beyond though. They, they, they had up their game. I wish they hadn't used Khan. Yeah. Didn't need it. Didn't need it. It could have just been Starfleet officer John Harrison. Yes. Go, going rogue. Yeah. Absolutely. And then Kirk learns how important these rules are by looking at someone who. Breaks yeah. them so routinely, and then and then again as well. Instead of having 
Khan crashing the ship into San Francisco. You could have done something completely different with them. Actually, Harrison and Kirk working together to stop Marcus. Yep. And maybe they're trying to stop Marcus crashing his ship into Kronos. Yeah, that would all have worked. It would all have been good. Well, of course. You know, we have to put the Earth in danger again. And, oh, let's destroy Alcatraz while we're at it, because my Alcatraz TV show just got cancelled. So this will be really funny if we destroy Alcatraz. Yes. Actually, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, he did. He, it's just kind of cheap. Abrams yeah. did that. Alcatraz was a good That was a good TV show, actually. It's actually a good TV show. Sorry it got cancelled. And, you know, Sam Neill. Can't go wrong with a bit of Sam Neill. Yeah. I didn't see it. but um... It's a good show. Got yeah. cancelled because they did exactly to it what they did to Firefly. They showed it out of sequence, and people oh, were going, yeah. eh, "What's all this?" Mm. Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to interject here and say, "Well, not interject. I'm just going to put in my uh, my tuppence." Star Trek Three. Hmm. I, really? like I love Star Trek Three. It's got its good points, but it's overall, I find it's just slow, and it just. It's not. It's a film that I'm. Just, I, I would skip. It looks would, cheap. It's you know yeah. It looks cheap. I mean, it's got some good lines. You know what? What have I done? What you've always done? You know, yeah. turned death into life. And uh, don't call me shorty. Tiny. Don't talk tiny. Yeah. I mean, it's got some good lines in it. I, I'll give it that. It's got some nice little uh, comedy moments and uh, it's got some nice little reality moments. Um, but it's just slow and I, I don't think uh, a cap a, a Cleon captain would be that daft as to send his entire f- crew over no although Krug is your first rom- uh, first honourable Klingon the bit where he says to Kirk uh, where Kirk says give me a minute to inform my crew and he says I give two minutes for you and your gallant crew yeah that's that's a really nice moment something that Khan didn't yeah and that scene again- from the um and, and that scene of them stealing the Enterprise is just so well put together. It is, it is okay. Yeah, that is quite good. The model work is just beautiful. Although the sorry, on you go. Is it, is it is it it is number three where you see the damaged Enterprise come in and you see those people absolutely in shock and horror as they see this ship coming in. Yeah, and one of them's one of them's Rand, I think. Yeah, yeah it's it's a yeah, of course, because she recognises the ship straight away, doesn't she? Yeah. Uh, obviously, because it's got Enterprise emblazoned on the on the side of it, <laughs> um, but it's a nice scene of you would like to see what would people see because they they've got these big massive windows they can see all these ships coming in. Someone one of them's going to come in dinged at some point, and yeah. here you've got the the flagship of the, the 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 fleet coming in torn to pieces and patched well, up. It wasn't really the flagship at that point; it was just a training ship. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Correct. You know, but I, yeah, it's it's a historic vessel, so yeah. I've always liked three. Actually, it was the first movie I saw in the cinema, and I think it also has the distinction. It's the first movie where the crew are treated like a family. Yes, because they yeah. weren't treated that way and treated as an as an ensemble because they weren't really prior to that. Now Nimoy kind of continued that in four, but then it went more by the wayside later on. But five still has it as well. Five still has, yeah. Five still does, but not to the same extent. And I think that was partly. It's not quite the same though. Mm. Um, Nimoy kept it in the kind of same tone for four, but Shatner's tone was very different. And while yeah, I guess they are kind of still a family, they're not in the same kind of ensemble as they were in the previous two movies. And I think one of the reasons that you get all kind to Kay and Koenig and Nichols have this idea of their characters as part of the, you know. 
the family goes doesn't go back to the series at all because they weren't in the series but in when star trek 3 rolls around they suddenly become this family um yeah so i always liked that about star trek 3 um and i love the end scene hmm okay it's got a nice it's got a nice yeah you're you're correct yeah you're quite quite right i can't i can't fault the end scene and as as the middle as the middle part of a trilogy it works as well but you know, a lot of people don't like three, and I understand yeah. that. Yeah, it's cool, but you know, it's it's one I've always liked. Yeah. And last but but no by by no means least, Alec, what's your least favorite Star Trek film that isn't the motionless picture? Uh, well, I mean, Star Trek Five just <laughs> it's the last one on the board. <laughs> it's just it's oh god, it's bad. And you know, I know everyone wants to say, well, they if they had a better budget, no, you if you had a better story. <laughs> you know, it it might have worked. I don't care how much more the budget would have been. I mean, all that would have bought you was special effects and more scenes. That you know, it's just I don't know. It was it was dreadful. Now, that being said, I loved Lawrence Luckingbill as Cybok. Loved him. I thought it was awesome. Um, but I, I will say my little story about Star Trek Five is I remember before it came out. And I was in the supermarket, and in this checkout stand, there was the National Enquirer, and it had like. Oh, you know, story of Star Trek V revealed. So, of course, for the first time in my life, I pick up the National Enquirer, which is like the tabloid of all tabloids here in the United States <laughs> back in the day. And I read it, and I'm reading this, what they're saying, and I'm like, this is such crap. It'll never be that. <laughs> of course, it was dead on. It was exactly what the movie was. But So that was kind of that's my Star Trek V memory. But, uh, yeah, you not know, good. I, I think there, there is a good story in there. I just... You know, it needed another two or three passes on the script. Yeah, there wasn't, are parts of it. Parts of it are really like. Sorry. Wasn't there, wasn't there some sort of strike at the time that stopped I, the I writers? I think uh, Shatner has a list of excuses as long as your arm about why it's not that good. <laughs> you know, and, and he'll trot them out at a moment's notice. But you know, I, I think, think a bad I, film yeah. could have been good, and I think a lot of it depended on. If they'd had subsequent drafts of the script, I think they could have polished it up and actually yeah. had a decent movie. Because there is a good story in there. Yeah. They just didn't bring it out. It's very self-indulgent because Kirk's directing it and he has a hand in writing it. It's all about Kirk and everybody needs to. Everyone needs Kirk in their life right now. This is one mistake Shatner made. I think when he knew he was directing, he just said, "Okay, this story should not be about Kirk." Yeah, I'm going to take a step back from this. Kirk will be in it. Kirk would be important in it, but there should be a character a story about the other characters, or about Spock, or about McCoy, or about. In fact, it should have been a Spock story because it was about Spock's brother. Yeah, yeah. The um, know, it should uh, have been Spock's story. Although I think the 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 writing nails the interactions between Spock, Kirk, and McCoy. It's the, the way this original series. Really, in yeah. It nails the tone of the original series in some ways in the relationships between those characters. Yeah. Um, and also, it has a. They have one thing. Shatner did look at the bridge. The bridge is gorgeous. Yeah, they made the ship look interior-wise look great. The visual effects were terrible. Yeah, interiors are great. And the Klingon captain, he's quite cool. He's just you know. Uh, yeah, he was okay. Um, yeah, it's got its it's got its moments. I mean, I enjoy watching it. You know, Spock be one with a horse. Yeah. Uh, and stuff like that. It's, 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 it. quite, it's, it's got its moments. I watched it uh, a couple of years ago. The, fa- the fan dance. <laughs> a long, long time. And I actually, 
know, I enjoyed it. It wasn't the most entertaining movie, but it was kind of fun. Yeah. I find it unwatchable. I think there are, it's there not, are some good bits in it. There, it has one of the best Kirk lines in it where he says, uh, he always knew he'd die alone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or with some bald guy. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> and actually, there was a bit in Beyond like that that reminded me of, you know, where he's um, where he's falling into the, the fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then yeah. Spock and McCoy save him. And I was thinking, oh, he's falling and he knows he won't die because they're there. Mm-hmm. That was a, uh, that made yeah, me think of that. Yeah, I, I did think of that as well yeah. when I was watching that. You know, and ultimately, he didn't die alone. No, no. They, um, they, they stole that from us. Him, him dying alone. Yeah. Although I think alone in this case means without Kirk, without Spock and McCoy. Without, without, without his friends, basically. Yeah. yeah. And, and as long as, as long as they're there around him, nothing can kill him. Which yeah. is fair enough. Um, but yeah, it's very self-indulgent making it about Kirk being the center of the universe. And Shatner's novels are like that. Oh yeah. Well, as much of them as he's written himself. Well, yeah. the, the guy still charges a hundred bucks for a signature. So yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's he's full of himself. I mean, all all praise to to him for his acting and uh, for what he done what he's done with Star Trek, you know, for Star Trek and everything. But he's still a bit full of himself. Oh yeah, totally. Aye. It's not uncommon. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's not the worst of them. Definitely. I mean, Alec, Alec has been Alec has said before. Um, that uh, Hollywood eagle, um, that everybody's got eagles in Hollywood, and that's the only way to get ahead. Oh yeah, uh, it's just some people let it rule their um, how people see them, and, and, and other people's a little bit more canny about it. I don't think there are many yeah. people who choose acting career or creative careers that don't have some degree of ego. Yeah, um, yeah. I think it's kind of unavoidable. Yes. Uh, also, ego ego is not necessarily a bad thing. No. I mean, what it is is when ego turns into arrogance. Yeah. I think creative. Uh, that, that's when you, you know, that you start having a problem. I mean, ego is an important. Oh. I think all achievers of, of any. Yeah. Oh, we lost him again. Yes. Kind of. All actors are attention was anyway. So. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yes, anybody who achieves anything has an ego because they need it to get there. Yeah, Howard Fine, who's one of the top acting coaches in Hollywood, um, he's Chris Pine's acting coach actually. Um, oh, right. Brad, Bradley Cooper, yeah, he's he's one of the top. He's amazing. He said, um, "No one ever became an actor because they got too much attention when they were kids." <laughs> uh, Interesting. Yeah, yeah, I didn't get enough attention when I was a kid. That would explain a great deal. <laughs> okay, so we've beaten the films to to death a little bit. A um, couple of points left before we wrap up. Uh, Star Trek's all about characters. Uh, at its core, it's about the people who are in it. Out of the entire franchise, uh, we'll move on to favourite characters. And I'll start off. My ultimate favourite character of the entire franchise is Worf. Because he's he can be taken seriously, he can be laughed at, he's honourable, but also you know, he can be the butt of the joke so many times. Michael Dorn's comic timing is excellent, and he can really sell an emotional scene uh, Dorn completely has it all, and the the way that Worf grows throughout the two shows that he's in is just it's like night and day watching him from Next Generation to Deep Space Nine, where where the character changes but also grows and evolves. And uh, and most of my favourite lines from any Star Trek thing is um, are from Worf, and and the way um, the way he pulls things off and in First Contact especially 
um, where he's talking about how many shots they don't have, and the first thing he does is whack a Borg with his phaser rifle before shooting another one, you know, not wasting any shots. It's, a, it's just a great, great character. Yep. And he's been in more Star Trek than anyone. So he has. He's yeah. been in f- films uh, and two series. Yeah. Yep. A so total of what, 12 seasons? So far. Something like that, yeah. So far, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he's still pushing for a Star Trek wharf, isn't he? Hey, yeah. Captain Wharf. Maybe he'll show up on Discovery. You never know. You never, never know. Maybe he could be his incompetent grandfather, Colonel Worf, who is the worst lawyer in the universe. Uh, where he, you know, where his main defense is: if uh, the artificial gravity wasn't working, then how could these men be walking? And then it's, they're wearing gravity boots. It's like, well, that's my argument destroyed. Or maybe Captain Worf will time travel back to the whenever it's set. Who knows? <laughs> could be. Fifties. Yeah. Um, Sandy, do you have a favourite character across the franchise? <sighs> I like so many of them. Picard, Worf, like yourself. Um, I like... I, I think if, if I'm going to have to say you can only um, you can only be friends with one Star Trek character, uh, it ha- it'll have to be Garrick. I just like his deviousness. The way the, <laughs> uh, the way he manages... He always just manages to get his man. He get, gets what he wants. Even if, if sometimes it looks like he doesn't, he's he's getting what he wants. He's a very clever, very very clever individual. Uh, knows a hell of a lot more than he's giving, letting on. So he's a bit of an enigma. Yeah, we know he was part of the Obsidian Order, but to, to what extent? You know, I, I I just liked him. It just and he had he's got this. He's got really witty comebacks when 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 he gets caught out in something. Yeah. And it's just it's just good. Yeah. Which story should I believe? All of them. See the lies, especially the lies. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Very good He's a very good uh character and um brought a lot to DS nine. A lot of depth yeah. to DS nine. Oh, agreed. Yeah. What a great character. And uh, Nick? Well, I could go with the cliche and say Picard, who is probably <laughs> one of my top two characters. But I'm going to not do that. I'm going to say Kira. Hmm. Good choice. Uh-huh. All the characters, she probably grows... Well, maybe except War. She, that's arguable. She probably grows the most across the series. Um, and she just, she's just a lot of fun. And she just... I love Nana Visitor as an actor. I think she just did a great job with Kira. I think the character's very well written has some very interesting things to do, very interesting perspectives. And like you say, she grows so much over seven seasons. One one thing in What You Leave Behind that disappointed me, I wish they'd left her in stuff by the end. Mm. She really suited and that, didn't she? Also, coming full circle, she comes on board as this Bajoran officer, this rebellious, angry Bajoran officer who doesn't want Starfleet there. And by the end of the series, she is Cisco. Yeah. She was in Cisco's place. She is a Starfleet commander in charge of the station. And I think that would have been a nice... She does end up commanding the station, but I think it would have been even nicer if they'd left her in Starfleet for that. But I, I just loved what they did with Kira over the seven years. Yeah. And she, and she just doesn't, she doesn't lose her edge either. That final she, scene she has with Quark, you know, where, uh, where she just chews him out. Exactly. And, uh, yeah. She's still her own character, 
but she grows so much in that time and she's just so much fun and so interesting to watch over those seven years and from all the characters on ds9 certainly i found her by far probably the most interesting to watch i liked her way more than cisco cool good choice yeah and alec do you have a favorite character across the franchise uh, yeah, it, it, we've already talked about Garrick. There's no comparison. Garrick's my favorite character. He's he's devious. He's fascinating. He's brilliantly acted by uh, Andrew Robinson. Uh, it, he's clearly my favorite character by far. I, I, I just love watching him. And in The Pale Moonlight, he's just absolutely steals the show. Yeah. No argument there. And it's interesting in The Pale Moonlight, he, he totally does steal the show. But it's, it's Avery Brooks' story. But he completely steals it from him. Yeah, one of my um, one of my favorite Garrick scenes is where he's trying to convince Worf that he's serious about joining Starfleet. Yeah, <laughs> and, and Worf comes around to the idea a little bit and he says, "Well, I might sponsor you." And then he's just, "Nah, I'm only joking." <laughs> and then really funny. Yeah, it's just he can even take a well. Everybody can take a rise out of Worf, but he can, yeah, you know, he can get around Worf's mistrust of him sometimes. Yeah, which is which is nice. Yeah, my my, my favorite, my honorable mention uh, for characters would be Odo, though. Um, yeah, I always liked Odo. He's, he's, he's a nice. Uh, he's got one of one of my favorite scenes uh, in DS Nine, is where I think it's the Klingons are going to attack, it's in the way of the warrior. So he mm. sees he sees uh, Quark outside his uh, place, securing himself, and he says, "What are you doing? I'm, I'm going to defend my shop." He says, "With what?" And he shows him a box. It's <laughs> like, "What you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna hit him over the box." Yeah, you know, and then it all goes, and it turns out the box is empty. There's a there's a piece of paper in there, and uh, it's from Rom saying, "I borrowed your phaser to 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 listen, and I will kill him." With what? <laughs> there's an, there's another great Odo scene for me. It's uh, I think it might be in the first season where he talks about how um, people have made him um, keep a personal log of some sort. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he has to keep a daily log, and he's like, with everything that's going on, he's like, everything's fine. End log. Yeah. <laughs> That's just the end of it, you know. He just he clearly can't be bothered with all the Definitely the solid that. bureaucracy, you know. Brilliant, yeah, such a good character. Obviously, not all the characters are great. So, Sandy, do you have a least favorite character? I was just thinking about that actually, and it, uh, I could take the easy way out and say Wesley Crusher, <laughs> but I'm not going to. I don't um, mind Wesley actually. No, no. Later on, yeah, yeah. Later yeah on. Y- yeah, he he evolves a little. He's he's okay, uh, and he's okay later on. But he's still m- m- my my least favorite. Uh, but that's a bit too cheap because everybody everybody you know everybody piles on uh, on Wesley Crusher. So that's too too easy. He's good um, in the episode where everyone gets addicted to Pokemon Go. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, had, I had to think there. What you? What on earth are you talking about? The game. The game. There you go. Yeah, yeah, the game. Yep, he's actually not too bad in that. Um, I'm actually having a difficulty trying to pick pick one that I don't like as much. I think I'd have to say Cisco in, in, in a certain extent. Hmm. Interesting. Purely because of the uh, yeah, he's he's he, he has some decisive moments, but he also has some moments where he's a wee bit too goody two shoe and a wee bit too profity. Hmm. Just takes that a bit too far, I think, at times. Um, Fair enough. And it's and it's oh maybe that's just cheap writing. It's all it's often um, it's often um, used as a an excuse for something. Yeah. Of why he knows something that he shouldn't. Yeah, I can see that. 
Hey, Nick, how about you? Ooh, I've been struggling with this all day. Uh, difficult to pick one character. There's part of me wants to say Cisco, but Sanders. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, not for any particular reason, but Avery Brooks just puts me off on occasion. I do like him, but he puts me off on occasion. Um, mm, I would have to say I don't know. Hmm. It's really hard to pick one that I really least favorite. Hmm. Everybody's okay. got their strengths and weaknesses. Yeah, this is the thing. Uh, picking favorites is easy. Picking least favorites, not so much. Hmm. Come back to me in a minute. <laughs> okay. Alec, do you want to jump in? With, with my least favorite character? Yes. Um, For any my reason My least favorite character. Wow. Um, wow. I, I, I guess I could go with, um, uh, what's her name on um, Next Generation? Uh, Marina Surtees' character. Um, Troy. Councillor Troy. Councillor Troy. Um, ugh, I just thought it was such a bad idea from the beginning. And I thought her character was just, for most of the first half of the show, just, ugh, I just hated her. I, she was <laughs> kind of mamby-pamby and, um, oh, I feel joy. Oh, God, right off the bat in the, in the pilot, she just pissed me off to no end. Um, now, uh, she did have one of the best episodes of Next Generation, the one in which... Her mom, you know, which what's that? I was going to say face of the enemy. No, no, no. I, I didn't. It was okay. No, the one with her with the uh, Laxwana Troy, where uh, her mom remembers that she had a um, uh, another another child. Not age. Yeah, I mean, geez, I cried in that one. Uh, that was I like, brilliant. No, I like the one where she learns mostly, how to be a commander. Yeah, that, that was good. That was good too. And listen, I fi- thank God they finally put her in a uniform because all the other <laughs> costumes just were pissing me off. Um, uh, so yeah, I was happy when she, you know, thank finally you, learned how to take that, that <laughs> yeah, brings exactly. me my favorite character, and it has to be Luxana Troy. Yeah, I would. Really? Yeah, yeah. Same here. I'm I'm switching from Cisco to Luxana. Yeah. No, 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 no backsies. <laughs> <laughs> we all agreed. We all hate Luxana. I think we're supposed to hate Luxana, but yeah, definitely, with the exception of Dark Page, yeah, not a character I look forward to seeing. I thought some of her material with Odo was particularly strong. Ah, uh, yeah, that's true. She's still my least favourite character. <laughs> yeah, I can see why. <laughs> that's not to say I hate her or anything, she's just my least favourite character. For me, it's got to be Neelix. Can't stand the guy. Yeah, I don't mind Neelix. I think he's... Um, I think he's entitled, he's whiny, he thinks he knows everything. Um, he frequently gets everyone in danger with his quote-unquote survival skills. It's like in Basics when he picks up uh, he picks up the bones that are at the, the mouth of this cave and uh, tells Hogan to pick them all up, and then he drops the one that he picked up. Um, gets Hogan he's, killed. Yeah, he's just worthless, and every time I see him, I'm... He's doing something really stupid. I mean, he brings cheese on board that almost destroys the ship. Uh, he infects it with photonic fleas. Um, just everything he does is is killing everyone. So, Neelix. And, and he's a pedophile. Oh, careful now. What? <laughs> oh, yeah, Kess, I suppose. Well, how old is Kess? 
Really? Yeah, one. Yeah, but but yeah. but she's yeah. she's the accompa version of an adult. Come yeah. On. Yeah. Bit skeezy. <laughs> Always <laughs> like to kiss. Good kiss. You can edit out the whole Peter Pal thing, but a bit skeezy. <laughs> the LCS was always a bit skeezy. Yeah, I suppose. But, yeah, uh, I suppose you could argue any long, long-life long species going out with a less long-life species could be seen like that. But I don't... Yeah, I'm not a fan of Neelix anyway. So, we got through pretty much the entire franchise, all the characters. Um, I think, before we wrap up, just a brief discussion of what we... What we'd like to see next, what we might want to expect from Discovery and, I don't know, future films or whatever. Anything that you want to see from the franchise in the future. And TNG. More TNG. It'll never happen, but I would, li- I would like to see some of the TNG characters, at least the ones that could still pull it off, appear in the franchise to some extent. I really would have liked to see the TNG reunion movie this well, well, next year. Next Patrick, year is Patrick. the 30th anniversary. Uh-huh. Yeah. Patrick Stewart still looks more or less like he Patrick always Stewart has. Still off the card. LeVar Burton could still easily play Geordie. Brent Spiner, well, I've killed Data off anyway, so no worries there. Um, <laughs> or did they? Or did they? Well, he would have been back, you know. Yeah. They cloned he, his brain. He's back uh, in those not those tie-in comics anyway. He's back in the novels as well. Yeah. Albeit not as straightforward as... He is in the comics. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I would like to see some revisitation of TNT next year. Next year's the 30th anniversary. They'll have a new series ongoing. They could do some kind of tie-in with TNG. That's why. Yeah. There I, was, um, I'll believe it when I see it. I would like to see that. They, I used to read the the Titan novels with Riker as captain, and I thought they were, uh, yeah, they were really, really good. Good. I, you know, if it was ten years ago, I would love to have seen a Titan series. That boat sailed. Same as Captain Sulu series. That boat long sailed. Yeah, I think That's Freaks it. would still do it though. <laughs> would probably. St- well, I don't know. Freaks is pretty busy as a director. I'm mm. not sure he'd have time to commit to a series anymore, and I don't know whether he would want to. He's kind of stopped acting. Yeah. Cool, uh, Sandy. What What would you like to see in the future? I'm with Nick on that. I'd, I'd, li- I'd like to see um, the TNG cast get just one last hurrah. Mm-hmm. You know, get, because like like Nick said, they didn't get the best out in uh, that, that they did in uh, Nemesis. It could have been done better. Uh, and I, I would like to see some sort, of, even even some sort of hookup uh, tie-in with most of the series. You know, it's put together somehow. I don't know what. Uh, I would just like to see more of my. The Star Trek that I I love, mm-hmm. and and, and a, not not this 2009 onwards stuff. It looks like we're going to get that with Discovery. Maybe, yeah. But who knows? I mean, there's some there's some people on board there who know what they're doing. They 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 know Trek, so I'm I'm confident that they're going to deliver us something that's fresh, but also deep down Star Trek. Yeah. Uh, I think the thing I just want to see is I just want to see good stories with good characters. I don't care what era it's set in. I don't care um, what events happen. You know, I'm I'm more interested in just seeing good, well-written science fiction. Mm-hmm. And whatever form that takes, I'm on board with. Uh, after Beyond, I'm keen to see more of the the Kelvin-verse, as it's now known. 
Well, Beyond, his, Beyond has completely has sold me on the Kelvin verse. They yeah. finally got it. Yeah, it's not perfect, but they finally got it right. Yeah, but Captain Kirk is Captain yeah, Kirk is yeah. finally Captain Kirk. Everybody is good. Yeah, it's and not, do you know why? They got a, a Trekkie as a director. Uh, yeah. Trekkie, the writer as well. As a writer as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. but he was also reined in by a not quite as big a Trek fan with uh, with Doug Jung, I think. Yeah. He probably tried to stifle the the fanboy flames a well, little bit. That's probably I mean. not a bad thing. No, absolutely not. Yeah. Uh, well, Nick Meyer wasn't a fan before he took on the job of Wrath of Khan, oh. but he became one as he was working on it, and um, and he understood it. Mm-hmm. So it, sometimes it takes that little bit of distance to push it into the the, the stratosphere. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would, yeah. There's just, I mean, there's all sorts of concepts that they could do. You know, there's a lot of scientific discoveries that people are playing with that you could fully realise on a television show or in a film. We could see all that. I think there's plenty there's plenty of universe left to explore with Star Trek and I just want to see as much of it as is humanly possible. I agree. Yeah. Uh, Alec, what about you? I want to see Axanar. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Because he know me I was so gonna, well, Nick. I was, was going to say it, but then I went. I was going to say it, but I went. Uh, no, I'll let him say it. As, as a donor, <laughs> I would like to see it too. <laughs> yeah. Oh God! Um, of course, we would all like yeah, to see it. Yeah, because I think it's you know I, I think the reason we're and, and Nick, you were with me in Las Vegas and and yeah. and uh, I, I it was amazing the love for Axanar. I mean, so many people came up to me and talked to me about it in Vegas. And it, it's a real passion for people have a real passion for original Star Trek, whether it's Next Generation or whether it's TOS, whatever it is you grew up on. That's what we want. Now, listen, I I have said and I promoted Star Trek Beyond. Uh, I've pushed it on the Axonar pages, told everyone to go see it um, because I really think it is is good Star Trek. I, I think you know, listen, we're never gonna if you're hearkening back to the days of Kirk, Spock, and McCoy, they are uh, and Shatner, Nimoy, and, and Kelly, they're long gone. Uh, where you're not going to get that Star Trek again. Uh, you're not going to get it on TV as as well as the movies. Um, but w- because TV has changed and movies have changed, yeah. storytelling has moved on. And what we're going to, no studio is going to. If you go and pitch Star Trek the motion picture, no studio would want to make that movie. They're all going to go. There's no way anyone's going to want to see this movie. Give me some action. Give me right now. You pitch Star Trek two, and they're going to go, "Oh yeah, that's that's a movie we can sell." So the beauty of Star Trek two, uh, I'm sorry, the beauty of Star Trek Beyond is that it meshes what a modern audience wants to see, at least in the perception of the studios, which is oh big action with Star Trek. Because as you guys pointed out, Simon Pegg, the co-writer, is a Star Trek fan. Justin Lin is a Star Trek fan. And um, and and they get it, and they made a movie where our characters came to life, and we see the Kirk, Spock, and McCoy interactions that we wanted to see. We see, you know. It, so I think Star Trek Beyond did, as you said, Nick. It sold me on the Kelvin verse. Absolutely, because it's not done. I mean, we, it's still got some markets to open in, notably China. It's not yeah. done as well as the last two, and that makes me nervous. <laughs> Well, they've already confirmed the next one, so it's getting well, made no matter what. Well, they've confirmed it, but that doesn't mean they can't change their minds. True. 
Right, exactly, and they, and they very they very well may because um, even though you know even though it hasn't even though they said they're going to do a Star Trek four, um, it, it the Star Trek Beyond is not even close to breaking even, right? It, it and um, it's it needs to do about four hundred million dollars to break even. It, it's it's. You know, it's around 231, according to Box Office Mojo. I don't know if that's up to date. So um, it's it's struggling now. Yes, it hasn't opened in China, and they hope that's going to be a big market for it. And and you know, hopefully they do a you know, million, a hundred million dollars there. But um, I, it would be a shame if if this movie, just when they get it finally, is the last Star Trek movie Paramount makes. And Paramount has serious serious problems that yeah. anyone can read. I I, I, I don't think it will be the last Star Trek movie, but it could be for a while. It could be for a while, and it depends on what form the next one takes, and whether we see whether they continue with these characters, whether they do another reboot. I I don't know at this point. Interesting. I've been in this position before, where oh god, we're done now. You know, after the motion picture, they thought we were done. After Star Trek Five, they definitely thought they were done. You know. I mean, no matter what happens with the film franchise, we'll definitely get the series. Mm. It's already made profit. So, yeah, it's... Um, the future could be bright for Star Trek. I don't think it'll ever be what it was like when there was two shows at a time on the air and films coming out all the time, but... Yeah, I don't think we'll have a... Well, you never know. Yeah. You never know. We well, Discovery, see... Discovery apparently is already in profit. You know what? We never thought we'd see a Star Wars movie with Han, Leia and Luke back either. That's true. Anything is possible. Yeah. And, in, and at the end of the day, isn't that what Star Trek teaches them? Indeed. That anything is possible. So yeah, on that note, I think we've given a I think we've given a great tribute to a great franchise for its 50th birthday in this long discussion. I've certainly had fun with this discussion, talking about the best and worst. It's been an absolute hoot. Yeah, and uh, I mean, who doesn't love talking about Star Trek? Certainly not us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks, guys. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, so um, thank you to anyone who listened this far. Thank you to Nick, uh, Sandy, and Alec for joining me on this. My pleasure. My pleasure. And Absolutely. Well, it's been it's been great. And if you'll all get on the transporter pad, I'll beam you out. Until oh. next time. Goodbye, all. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Live long and prosper. Live long and prosper. Our mission is now complete, and our tribute to 50 years of Star Trek has ended. Thank you to the panellists, as well as all who listened, for joining us on this journey. A special thank you to YouTubers 331ERock, nstens1117, and Sam Dillard of Samo Studios for their musical contributions to these episodes. As a side note, if anyone's planning to go to Destination Star Trek Birmingham in October, I will be there and I'm planning to record a podcast throughout the weekend. So if you come across me and have a few things to say, then contributions are encouraged. If you have trouble finding me, then just look for the guy in the Star Trek theme clothes. If you like what you heard here, then please subscribe on iTunes or any major podcasting app and join us on the next Neil Before Pod. Mm-hmm.